0: And so today we're going to be in Matthew 25, 14 through 30. And a little bit about myself is that I'm a senior in college, and I'm getting my bachelor's in organizational leadership, and I'm also in, enrolled online to get my master's in organizational, or in organizational leadership. Um, and so we're going to be Matthew 25, 14 through 30. And if you know anything about this story, if you know anything about this parable, It's the parable of there's a master and then there's three servants, right? And so as I was reading through this parable, I just started thinking about different jobs that I've had in the past, right? As I was thinking about you guys, I was like, wow, these guys are in high school. They probably have, right, their first high school job. They probably have their first job. And most often, those jobs are not like the jobs that we're passionate about, right? My first job was a dishwasher, right? Maybe you work at Acme, maybe you work at Dunkin' Donuts, whatever that might be. Most of the time, it's not a job that, you, that you're in love with, right? It's just a job that you have to get because you need to start making money. And so, um, as I was a dishwasher for, for my first job, right, uh, it was in a restaurant, and I, the dish pit was on the bottom level of, of the restaurant, right? And so, one night, it was super slow. It was within the first month of me working there. And so it was super slow, and me and my buddy there uh, named Garrett, we worked there together, and we went to high school together. And so we just just weren't getting any dishes. It was a super slow night, right? So we're just messing around. And the head chef comes down, our our manager, our boss, comes down and says, you guys aren't getting any work done. You're not doing any dishes, because there are none. So what you're going to do is you're going to take a sponge and soapy water, and you're going to crawl underneath the three sinks that was the dish pit. And you're going to like scrub them, right? All this nasty grease and food had gotten back there. And so we're like, well, guess we have to. So, so, right, we got on our backs and we crawled underneath and we have these sponges and we're just gone, right? And Garrett sarcastically goes, we love our job. And so me kind of joining in on the sour- sarcasm and also just like trying to be positive, I was just like, yeah, we love our job. So we just start chanting, we love our job, we love our job. And so we start doing this for like 15 to 30 seconds, right? And then our, our manager, the head chef, comes back down into the dish pit and hears us chanting, we love our job, we love our job. And so he's just like, that's right, you love your job, wash those sinks, right? And so it's just a funny story to kind of intro this and, and break the ice with you guys. And so we're going to be in Matthew 25, 14 through 30. And if you know anything about this, uh, the context of this, is that Jesus is being asked questions by the Sadducees and the Pharisees, the religious leaders of his time, and he's being asked all these different questions, and Jesus answered them, but then he's also giving these parables and, and these stories about what to expect during the end times, right? He's looking for, uh, he's telling them about what that's going to look like during the end times, when, when he's going to return, and what that looks like, right? And if you know anything about parables, parables are oftentimes just like hypothetical stories that someone will tell to get a point across or to convey a meaning, right? And so that's, that's the context as we're, we're going to dig into Matthew 25, 14 through 30. Verse 14. For it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted to them his property. To one he gave five talents, to another two, to another one to each according to his ability. So we're going to stop right there real quick because when I read this story, I was like, oh, a talent, like he's giving them singing talents, he's giving them dancing talents. What what does this mean, right? And let's not get confused by that. A talent is um, money, right? But it's not necessarily like a dollar bill or like a coin even. It's actually the weight of 75 pounds to like 82 pounds worth of money. So if you just took a bunch of dollar bills and just put it into a money bag, right? And then weighed it, That'd be 75 pounds, right? And that's what a talent is. And most often, that equivalent was a year's worth of wages in the New Testament time period, right? And so we can see that we kind of get this perspective now of what the master is actually giving them. He's giving them different uh, weights of money that equivalent different year's worth of wages. So we're going to continue on reading in verse 16. For he had received the five talents... "'You delivered to me five talents. "'Here I have made five talents more.' "'His master said to him, "'Well done, good and faithful servant. "'You have been faithful over a little. "'I will set you over much. "'Enter into the joy of your master.' "'And he who had the two talents came forward saying, "'Master, I delivered to you two talents. "'You delivered to me two talents. "'Here I have made two talents more.' "'His master said to him, "'Well done, good and faithful servant.' You have been faithful over a little; I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. So we're going to pause right there, and we're just we're just going to look at the at the first, and we're going to look at the second servant. Right? They were given this this talent, this amount of money, and immediately they went out and they traded with them, doubling and multiplying what was given to them. Right? They're good stewards. Right? If if I was a dishwasher and I made five dollars, one like within one hour I made five dollars, and then I go. And I invest that money, if I invest those five dollars and get five dollars more, right, I'm, I'm doing well with my money, I'm being a good steward of my money and that's exactly what the second and first servant do, right? They go out with what is given to them and they, they, they multiply it and with that, we're going we're to continue on, we're going to dig into a little bit of what the, the third servant does, right? Verse 24 he also who had received the one talent came forward saying, Master, I knew you to be a hard man reaping where you did not sow and gathering where you scattered no seed. So I was afraid and I went and hid your money in the ground. Here, have what is yours. But his master answered him, You wicked and slothful servant. You knew I reap where I have not sown and gather where I scattered no seed. Then you have ought to invested my money with the bankers, and at my coming I should have received what was my own with interest. So take the talent from him, and give it to him who has the ten talents. For to him, everyone who has will more be given, and he who has, and he will have an abundance. But from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. And cast the worthless servant into the outer darkness. In that place, there will be weeping and gashing of teeth. All right, so we get this image that the first and second servant are good stewards with their money. They'll go out and multiply what is given to them. But then we get to the third servant, and we see, right, that that he hides his money. And so it's interesting. I want to dig into a little bit of of why he did this, right? The, the, The third servant has this mental image, has this image of the master that is unhealthy, right? It says... In verse 25, so I was afraid, right? If you've ever if you've ever worked for someone who's a, who you are afraid of, right? You, you don't excel in your work, right? You you just want to get to the amount to where you can pass by and not be yelled at, but then like just not get on the radar, right? You don't excel when you're afraid of your manager, and so right we see this uh, phrase from the third servant that says that right, the master is someone who, who makes money off the hardships of others. And, and if this was true, right, the master would have been like, yeah, you're right, but, but what do we get? We get a rebuke from the, from the master to the third servant saying, if this was true about me, if it was true that I, that I made money off the hardships of others, then you would have gone and you would have put the money in the bank and you would have doubled that and you would have gotten it with interest and made money. If, if that was true about me, you would have invested the money, right? We also see that, I don't believe this, this image of the master being someone who's hard on his servants, and who, is, who is someone who makes money off the hardships of others. I don't see that being true because also, if we go back to verse 15, we can see that the master knows the ability of his servants, right? Each according to his ability, when I, when I have different managers, when I have different bosses, when you guys have different people, you'll experience masters that know people very well, who know you very well, who know you so well that they will give you the right amount of work that will give you the right tasks, each according to your ability, right? So this is, this is a kind master. This is a master who knows his servants well enough that he knows them so well that he knows what they're capable of. He knows what to give them according to their ability, right? And so as I was thinking about how, how this parable applies to us, I think it's super easy if we look into the context for us to put ourselves within this story, right? If we think about it, there's Jesus. He came. He sacrificed himself for all salvation. Then, right, he, hang, he hung around for like 30 days or so. Then he ascended back up, back up to heaven, Right? And now we're in this kind of middle stage where we are, where, where we're waiting for Jesus to come back, right? And so if we put ourselves in this story, right, we can place ourselves as the servants. Jesus has gone away. He's, he's not returned yet. He's in heaven, and we're waiting for his return. And so that brings up two questions for us that I, that I think is very important to understand the application for us. And that first question is, what has been given to us, Right? What has our master, Jesus, what has he given us that we need to do with? So to answer that question, you guys don't need to go there, but I'm going to read Ephesians 2.8 real quick. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing, it is the gift of God. Let me read it one more time. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing, it is the gift of God. Right, and so to answer this question of what has our master Jesus given us, we can read Ephesians 2, 8, and we can see that that free investment that Jesus has given us is salvation, right? I hope and pray that each and every one of you has received that free gift of salvation. It's so important, it's part of my burden, especially as your intern, that I care about all of you, and I really hope and pray that each and every one of you knows what that salvation means. Right? Jesus died freely so that we might have salvation through him. And if you don't know what that looks like, please talk to me or Ryan, your small group leaders. Please do that because that is so important. If you, if you don't have salvation, then it's just... I'm sorry, it's just terrible. Um, it's... yeah. Salvation brings so much joy. And so, right, that... the. If we move on to the second question, which I think, so, right, if, if we are those who received that free gift of salvation through Jesus, then what are the expectations for us to do with it, right? What are we to do with that, with that free gift? I think that's where we can be looking into this parable and, and look at the first and second servant, right? Because they, they knew what was given to them, and then they went out and multiplied it. And so if we as Christ followers know that we have been given salvation, then we need to figure out what are we expected to do with it, right? And I think that answer can also be found in Scripture in Matthew twenty-eight nineteen. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, right? And if you were in main service last week, right, we, we heard that this verse... Is, is not necessarily about, like, go specifically in specific time to go make disciples. It's as you're going throughout life. As you're going out through life, as, as you're doing your job, as you're in school, go and make disciples, right? If we, if we are the servants of Christ, then we've been given this free gift of salvation, and there is expectation that we will go out and we will share it with all nations, right? There's a quote by Francis Chan that I believe to be very true. Christians in America have become experts at conviction and failures at action. Let me read it one more time. Christians in America have become experts at conviction and failures at action. Right, just like the third servant, right, he failed to go and share what was given to him. Right, he dug a hole and he hid it away. But for us, I want us to be like the first and second servant, where we can go out and we can share the gospel passionately and boldly because we know the joy that comes from Christ and his salvation. And from that, that overflows in our lives, and we go and share that with others, right? Mikey shared that we're going to have a a, uh, service project on Tuesday, right? Our, Our middle school Youth group just got back from Kingdom Weekend, which is a weekend where they went and they did service projects to d- display the gospel, right? There's all these different, you guys are gonna have that trip to Mexico, right? Right, those are all big ways that you guys get to go share, speak and display the gospel through your actions, right? And those, those trips are awesome. Those, those days are awesome. Those have been super impactful in my life and I'm super excited for you guys as you go do them. But there's also the small ways, right? If you get one thing in this message, it's, it's, I hope you get this, right? There are the small ways that you can be living out the gospel and showing people. You can be like the first and second servant. You can know what is given to you. You can go and multiply it, right? Maybe it's the, the kid, right? Fall's gonna come back around. School's gonna come back around. Maybe it's the kid that's sitting on the bus alone maybe at the lunch table alone, right? You can go sit with him and become his friend, right? There are ways that you can take action to show the gospel. There are ways that you can speak in the lives of others, not necessarily even preaching the gospel, but the way that you can live out the gospel and speak the gospel is by showing and encouraging and being loving to others because you know the love that Christ has given you, right? That's part of the reason why I'm here, why Ryan's here, why all your small group leaders are here because we have experienced that love that has come through Christ and that salvation and joy. And I hope that it also enlightens in you guys, that you guys know that love and that joy within you guys so that you may all go out boldly and passionately sharing the gospel throughout those small ways, right? Take action. Let's not be like the third servant. Let's not hide away the gospel. Let's be like the first and second servant who is passionately and go out and multiply what is given to us. Hope that's really encouraging you guys, and that's, that's the challenge for this week. And not just for this week, but also as you continue on throughout life, right? So I'm going to pray for us, and we're going to go back into a time of worship. Lord, I just thank you so much for this day. I thank you for the time that we've been able to dig into Matthew 25. And for all these people here, Lord, for all the adults, for all the, the leaders and the, the students, Lord, thank you for the worship team just pray that we'd be passionate and bold to go in and show others the love and grace that you have first shown us, that we would be like the first and second servant, that we would go out and passionately share your word. We love you so much. Amen. All right, if you guys want to stand and come forward.